0: You know what, just before we read, let's just bow in his presence for a minute and just love him. We we'll love you, Jesus, and we we'll worship you. Lord, we thank you that you're ministering to our hearts. We thank you that your anointing is sweet to our spirit. And we thank you, Lord, for who you are and all you've done. And we thank you, Lord, in the busyness of the week and of our day and the troubles and the trials that have beset us, Lord. We thank you that here... Lord, your name is as a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. My thank you, Lord, this morning, Lord. We don't have to work up or call you down. But the word of God is thee. It's even in thy heart and in thy mouth. You're here to bless your people. My thank you, Father. Thank you for who you are. And thank you for your great love. Lord, we just, we can't get over it, Lord. We can't get over how you would love us. Why you would love us. But Lord, we glory and we relish and that you do. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We'll love you back. We'll love you in return. We'll love you because you first loved us. So take your word this morning. And Lord, would you speak to our hearts? In Jesus' name. Amen. Will you turn with me to Deuteronomy 7? Deuteronomy 7. Last week. We've we'll been looking at remember me, remember the first part was when we, we like it when God remembers us, but the other two parts was when God is telling us to remember, remembering things that he holds as holy, and it's always for our benefit. And even last week we finished it at Numbers 15 and thirty ninety you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord. And we looked at the sapphire, the blue, you remember? Some people contacted me. One person changed the face of their watch, the blue, to remind them of the sapphire blue, that the Lord is ever present. Remember the Lord standing on the pale sapphire? Remember the sky was blue, and he's coming in the clouds in the sky. She'd remind us that he's returning. Keep him in mind all the time. And another one from a building site showed me a picture. It says, our Lord reminded me this morning, and look. The sky is blue. And it's wonderful, the simplest things that strike our heart, isn't it? Just to recall the, the loveliness of Christ. And this morning we want to look at more of Remember Me. And so uh, Deuteronomy 7, and let's read from verse 17. If thou shalt say in thine heart, These nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. The great temptations which thine eyes saw and the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand and the stretched out arm whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out, so shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Moreover, the Lord thy God will send the hornet among them until they that are left and hide themselves from thee be destroyed that thou shalt be not be affrighted at them for the Lord thy God is among you. A mighty God and terrible. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little. Thou must not consume them at once lest the beasts of the field increase upon you, and the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they be destroyed. Notice the Lord has said to Israel that he was going to remove the enemies that lay in front of them. Enemies that they deemed too great, too big, too mighty, unconquerable, the Lord says, they may be for you, but they're not for me. They may be for you, but they're not for me. We could take this and show you how even in time and history God has done this. He's done it with us, with our nation. We can show you how the Lord has done things even to, uh, to the nations that have obeyed him. Our nation has obeyed him and walked with him. But I want to bring it to a spiritual level for us in our hearts this morning, in our lives. Notice here he says in Verse 18. Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto Egypt. And here's what the Lord is saying to them, saying to you this morning. The enemy before you, in the eyes of God, is no greater than the enemies that have been behind you. The battles that you've fought and won in the past have been of God's doing. And the battles that you've fought and won in the past are also not only God's doing, but your perseverance in the faith through his strength. When you've fought before, you can't get through this. When you've fought before, I'll never get over this. I'll never get around this. When you've fought in the past, Lord, this is too big and too great and too mighty, too wonderful for me, and you've felt that you've been brought down to the ashes And all of a sudden you're through it. You've trusted. He's brought you there. And even this morning you're here. Notice the enemy before you. The enemy was before Israel going in to Canaan land. And the Lord says, don't you be afraid of them. Trust in me and I will sort it out for you. Notice, remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh. So what we have to remember is what the Lord did before in our lives. How the Lord has not only saved us and delivered us and redeemed us and bought us with His blood, but in the walk with Christ, that the whole way through this, He has kept us every step of the way, in your worst times, in your lowest times, in your weakest times, in the times when you've been dreadfully down, news or whatever sick, when you've had bad news and frightening news or whatever it may have been. Things have been against you, come against you, stood against you, mountains and valleys and giants. The Lord says all of those pharaohs, he says, I have removed them before and so I will remove them again. So God who you serve and love, the living God, the God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob, the one true living God, he is the Lord who will deliver you again and bring you through victorious That you'll be more than a conqueror through him that loved you. Notice what he says here in verse 17. If thou shalt say in thine heart. Notice if thou shalt say in thine heart. It's getting to the heart of the matter. Getting the heart of the problem. Getting right to the heart of man and to the heart of woman. If thou shalt say in thine heart, these nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? Well, here's how you dispossess them. Revelation will bring the disposition. When you get a fresh and a new or a renewed revelation of who he is, well, we know who he is. I know who he is. Yeah, but when you're in storm, when you're in trouble, when you're in sorrow, when you're in sadness, when you're in sickness and all of those things, when you've got all these things, giants and mountains and valleys and evils and and enemies before you, devils and demons and all of that stuff, and you say, this is too much, I can't go on anymore. The Lord says, well, you need to look to me. I will dispossess them. I will remove the giant. I am the one who slayed the giant for David. David didn't slay the giant. It was God directed the stone. But David had to persevere. David had to take the word of God and act in faith by going to a river to collect the smooth stones. By taking out his slingshot and not putting on the armor of Saul which he didn't know. David had to go with what he knew his God would reveal to him. And when David slung that stone and let it go he may have been good with it and he may have practiced with it but it was the Lord who directed it into the forehead of the giant. And the giant fell down dead. Brothers and sisters, you trust in him. And watch your giant falling down dead. Watch him falling down dead. Revelation of God's immutability. Immutability. So what we want to look at just for a few minutes is these battles that we go through. And the revelation, we know God's immutable. But when we're told it, you know you're in a storm, you can't see anything but the storm. And someone outside of it looking in can tell you, "Well, I know." Well, stand outside and don't come. And sometimes people are outside are like what's so called job's comforters. Well, stand outside and don't comfort you at like, well, all. Well, comfort you at all. Notice, the Lord is your comfort. The Lord is your strength, and it's the Lord who is your guide. So we're going to look at the revelation of God's immutability. Just a little snapshot. It's not a, it's not a full doctrinal thesis on it. It's just a little snapshot of it. Would you say immutability? immutability. In other words, God in His own character. It's an attribute. It's attributed to Him. Does not change. Does not change. The mind is a battlefield where battles are fought and won. Or battles are fought and lost. For every one of us. The temptation that comes to the flesh and to the fleshy mind. Is that where do I follow the temptation which will lead me down a wrong road? Or do I yield to this because I can't hold it anymore and go down a different road than God wants me to? Or do I follow on with the Lord? It's the same when fear comes. It's the same when worry comes. It's the same when anxiety comes. It's the same when, when, when all manner of evils come against us. It's, it's do we let our minds get carried down that road or do we trust in the Lord who's sovereign and immutable, unchanging? And because you and I change every day, in fact, you and I change nearly every moment, change our thinking, change our feelings, change our wills, change our wants, we can change. the thing about this is is we change sometimes in yielding to the wrong things. The mind is a battlefield where battles are fought and won or battles are fought and lost. Notice the the heart then. The mind and the heart are linked. The heart is the arena where competition takes place. You're between unbelief and belief. Between unbelief and belief. As many people say I believe and have a head knowledge of God. But there's many people say, I believe. It's from here. Real belief. From here. It's from the heart. So the arena, the heart is the arena where belief and unbelief are fought over, where faith and fear fight one another to find place in your heart. Faith. Forsaking all, I trust him. Do you trust him this morning? Does your heart really trust him? Mm -hmm. Or is it in your mind you trust him? Just in your thinking. Mm -hmm. But your heart goes that way and your mind goes that way. Will you turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6, please? Just flick over. Just let your eye run down to verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. Notice. Love him with... And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart. Notice. Love him with all thine heart. And with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Where's the word to be? In the heart. In the heart. In Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 17. If thou shalt say in thine heart, the nations are more than I, how can I dispossess them? What is happening is the word of God is in the heart. And then when we get to a place like, I can't do this, I can't dispossess them, it's the fear of the enemy that's in the heart. So the heart is the arena. Competition. For example, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart means thou shalt love the Lord thy God with total commitment that's what it means totally committed to him would you say total commitment total commitment so you're to love the lord with total commitment it means total commitment or with absolute commitment with absolute commitment and when we don't and when the word isn 't with fullness in our heart, fear comes, and it enters the heart. Other things that are not of God come and enter the heart for example we 're looking here at fear, these people were in fear, and if you turn with me to john chapter twenty one We're now at the the Sea of Galilee. And I try on down to verse 15. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? Notice, Jesus said to Simon Peter who had denied him thrice, the cock crows and he goes out and cries and weeps like he's never going to stop weeping. And I, but this time, a few days later, where's Simon Peter? He says, I go fishing. And he goes to try, uh, maybe to catch fish, yes. But he's going back to what he knew. He thought he knew best. Now, when we read here in verse 15, would you silently put your name in when he says Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, would you put your name in and let the question be asked to you. So when they had dined, Jesus saith to Ken Davidson. Ken Davidson, lovest thou me more than these. And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I know thou knowest that I love thee. And he saith unto him, Feed my lambs. And he saith to him again, The second time, Simon, son of Jonas, Ken Davidson, lovest thou me? Do you love me? The word love and every time that Jesus uses the word love here is the word agape, or agape, which gives the idea of a love that is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. Now, in case you didn't get it, I'm going to say it slowly. It's important. When he said again the third time, in verse 17, Simon, son of Jonas, 10 Davidson, put your name in there. Lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. And Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. And the three times that Jesus says, lovest thou me, he uses the word agape or agapitos. It's a love that is called out of the heart According to the preciousness of the object that is loved. And here's what Jesus is saying Do you love me? Is the love called out of your heart for me? Am I such a precious object, as it were? Am I so precious to you, Simon Peter? Am I so precious to you, Ken Davidson? I'm so precious to you, whoever here? Put your name in there. Am I? Jesus said, not the pastor, not the preacher. Jesus says to you this morning, or listening online, Am I so precious to you? Do I call the love out of your heart? Because I'm so precious to you is the love called out of your heart. In other words, you just can't help loving him. It's a love that is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. That's what Jesus asked Peter. And when Peter says, I knowest that I love thee, he used the word, not agape, but phileo. It's a kind of love, of a a brotherly love. It's it's a weaker love, a different love. Lord, you know that I love you. He couldn't say agape because he denied him. He felt he couldn't say it. And yet, whenever Peter is reinstated and reestablished, and God has blessed him again, and Peter writes that we all are partakers of the Holy Ghost, and we are all we all have the love of God in us. It's the same word. God enables us. The Holy Spirit enables us to love the Lord Jesus Christ in us all. So, brother, sister, here's what I'm asking us all. Here's what we're saying. The arena is the heart. The battlefield is the mind. In your heart and in your mind, who's winning the battle in the mind and who is called out of your heart? What is called out of your heart? Is it Christ? Is it the Lord Jesus who you love most? Remember Jesus... Matthew 6, he says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Why did he say that? Because we're what we hold the dearest. That which is the most precious to us is where our heart will be, is where we will follow, it's what we will walk after, and nothing will stop us. And brothers and sisters, listen, here's, and this is not condemnation, but here's what I, what, what the, I want to ask you. What has called your heart this last while back rather than Christ? What has taken the heart place that what has been more precious to you than the Lord Jesus Christ, that you've forgotten him? That you've forgotten to serve him, you haven't even bothered to turn up to worship us with, with him worship him with us. What, what has changed your heart? What has turned your heart? What's about the love of your heart? What about what has taken the throne of your heart and depossessed Christ in your heart? Your work. Your riches. Your family. Your home life. Said it before, I'll say it again. The old poet said, The greatest idol I have known, whatever that idol be, help me to tear it from thy throne and worship only thee. What has taken the place of Christ? and the love of Christ out of your heart? What has replaced him and become the idol of the heart, the treasure of your heart, more precious to your heart than Jesus, the Son of God? So he says to us all this morning, do you love me more than these? More than these. Some people say the more than these. I'm going off kilter here, man. But stay with me. Some people say the more than these. He was saying, "Do you love me more than the fishing boats now and the fishing nets? Because you went back fishing, could be." Some others think it was, "Do you love me, Peter, more than all of these other disciples? More than they love me? Do you love me more than they love me?" He says, "I don't know them." Say he did because he denied him that night. Remember, he says, "I don't know them." Is your love greater than these? And uh, uh, and where was that or not? We don't know. He just says more than these. The idea of it is, do you love me more than anything? Or anyone? How much do you love him? Has he got the throne of your heart? Is the love for Christ called out of your heart? Is he the most precious thing to your heart? Is he the treasure of your heart? Because where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And if Christ is your treasure, if Christ is so dear to you, I mean, if, if he's so precious and so dear, then listen, brothers and sisters, then if he is, everything else falls into second place. Everything else. The arena is, being, is the place where belief and unbelief takes place. And here's what happens when Christ is dethroned of the heart and is not the most precious anymore and something else comes in. That is not a stable object. That is not a stable person. That is not a stable thing in your life for you to fix on your most preciousness because they can all be taken away from you. when Christ is in the vessel, you can smile at the storm. It's when he is Lord of your life. It's when he is God of, over everything you have and are. It's when he is the most precious, when he is the treasure. There your heart will follow after. But if it's your work, your heart follows after work. If it's your family, your heart follows after family. If it's money and overtime, your, your heart follows after it if it's just luxuries and it's just the, the, the laziness of the things around us, that's where our heart is. There we follow. But if Christ is the center, every second of our life will be with him in mind, ruling the mind, with him enthroned in the heart, and there we will follow. Where your heart is, there you will follow. You want to know a man who loves the Lord Jesus Christ? Watch their life. Watch their life. Notice, thou shalt love him with all your heart, with total commitment or with absolute commitment, and it means to total access, full to overflowing. That's what it means. Remember when you were first saved and just couldn't get enough. could not get enough meetings to go to. Boy, I just couldn't get enough of him. Couldn't get enough meetings to go to. There wasn't enough nights in the week enough meetings holding the nights to go to because I just had to be with him and with his people. I had to be in that place of worship. I'm still the same, like, but I, 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 I have to press on and, and press through at times as well. And there are times in all of our lives He comes off the throne and something else goes on. And that's where your fear comes because you're looking at everything else but him. He becomes obscure. He becomes diminished. Your life changes. Your heart goes somewhere else. And suddenly you're, what's going on? Where's Jesus in all of this? I love the psalmist when he says in Psalm 23 and verse 4, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You're enthroned in my heart. I'm conscious, I'm aware of you in my life. And I'll fear no evil, for I know you're with me. Your rod, your staff, you're fighting my battles. You're going to bring it to pass. The enemy will fall. The mountain will move. The valley will be filled. And I will be able to traverse and walk through. And the storms will not be able to wash me away. Nor will waters overflow me. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. See the word for follow, it means hunt me down. You know how much God loves you? He hunts you down even whenever you don't want him. He hunts you down with his, by his spirit, he hunts you down when you're away running after other things. He hunts you down. sometimes he uses the pastor like... Sometimes he uses others and other things. He loves you and he sees the sheep going astray, and he hunts you down. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell. See that's victory. I will that I might. It's, it's, It's victory, but listen, it's assurance of Christ in the heart, of Christ in the life, of victory in what we all go through. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 27, verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom Shall I fear? Why will you not fear? Because the Lord, there He is, right at the beginning, right at the start, filling the heart. The Lord is my light. Listen, you might say He's my light. You need to know He's yours. You need to know He's yours, and He's my salvation. The word there, by the way, is Yeshua. (laughs) The Lord is my Jesus. That's what it means. Jesus is with me all the way, and I will not fear. Who will I fear? Psalm 56 and verse 3 What time I am afraid. Now, here's the battle of the mind. The battle of the mind where battles are fought and won or fought and lost. Listen, and even as Pastor Aaron said this morning, the war's over. We just haven't learned that the, the war's already over. We just have to traverse the battles, we have to trust them through them, put on our armour, uh, you know, the gospel armour to wear, and put it on as we walk in, in victory. It's not we're putting it on to be knocked back. It's not to turn around and run away because there's no parts in the back of the armor of God. Did you notice that? When Paul tells us everything's forward-facing, marching forward in victory, there's no there's no armor in the back in the Bible. You know why? Because there's no turning back. No turning back. I have been chosen to follow Jesus. I have been chosen. To follow Jesus. I have been chosen to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Why? The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross. See, we're moving forward. We're marching to Zion. Hallelujah. The cross before me. The world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. We're on the victory side. We've read the back of the book. Guess what? Jesus wins. Jesus has won. <laughs> He's won. See, whatever you're facing, spirit, soul, and body, medical, whatever it may be, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. There is the battle to be fought and won or fought and lost. What time I am afraid, I'm going to stay in my fear. My mind's clouded over and my heart is just totally wrapped up in something else because it has become more precious to me than you, Lord. But when I give my mind to him, my heart starts to change. When my heart starts to change, he's enthroned upon it. I realize I'm highly favored. I'm greatly loved. I'm deeply blessed I am a victor more than a conqueror no weapon that is formed against me shall prosper Eh? greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world see the difference in the heart and the mind revelation of who God is and remembrance of what he has done will remove fear from a heart and put faith in its place i going to say it again. Revelation of who God is and remembrance of what Christ has done will remove fear from a heart and put faith in its place. The opposite of faith is fear. Fear. Fear is F-E-A-R. It's false evidence appearing real. False evidence to you appearing real. Faith forsaking all. The false evidence that's clouded our minds, the false evidence that's been enthroned in our heart, the false evidence that's ruled us for so long, forsaking all, I trust him. I'm going to the doctors. I trust him. I still believe he heals today. Amen. I know I can say this. I'm not going into detail. Willie Steele. It's in my mind. How long ago was that Willie? Two weeks, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. It was in my mind and I couldn't get him out of my mind. I thought, I'm going to phone Willie Steele. And he's way down the south of Ireland. Where were you Willie? Where's that Wicklow, way down by the Wicklow Mountains area. Way down by Wicklow. I didn't know. And I phoned him and I says, well, what way? He says, how oh, Ken." I says, well, just, you're on my mind. How are you? So we're just talking and, well, he never really says too much. But he says there was a certain problem that he'd been concerned about. And, you know, really bad back. I don't know if I'm allowed to say the other one, I not he had a lump well, anyway, so that was it. We'll not say what happened, but he had a lump and he had to go to the doctors to get this tested. I says, Right, okay. So I prayed with Willie. I prayed after the phone. I said, I'm going to pray. I prayed for him that night. Last Sunday, I was standing over here trying to tune the guitar because I couldn't get the sound. he came up here and he says, Ken, I want to tell you last Monday night. He says, You must have been praying then again. I says, I was. I went. I hope I'm telling this right, I? wasn't that right? The back went like this. <laughs> hating. And the lump is gone. Gone. We were in here on Tuesday night. I still believe he baptizes in the Holy Ghost. We were in here on Tuesday night and I brought a Bible study and we starts we still started singing the clothes and the Spirit of God moved and the gifts of the Spirit moved an operation and then all of a sudden boom, away the, the meeting went and we started to worship and praise and I didn't know till I got home there was, a, there was somebody messaged me and told me they got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Started to speak with tongues in the middle of the meeting. Amen. Just by God moving on them. Yes. Brothers and sisters, what am I saying? See when he has central place see when he has your heart listen everything else is put in place after him wherever you're going going to doctors you're going to the medical profession to get results or whatever you're doing no matter what you hear you have to remember this the fear will come put it out faith I'm not to say what happened to you is that okay Heather here Went to the doctor's with thing in her hand, and the red flagged her in case it was skin cancer. So she phones me up and I'm talking to her on the phone. Prayer over the phone. How is it today? It's away. No, it's away. It's gone. The red flagged her for it. It's gone. God is always moving. That's what I'm trying to tell you. God is still on the throne. Jesus is alive. He's alive, brothers and sisters. This isn't dead religion we have. We have a living Savior. We have a, a God on the throne who's, who loves his own. He loves us. Remove the fear. Grab hold of the faith. Not only in the, in the head knowledge. Like I know men who stroke T's and dot eyes and, 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 and have you blended by science and all of this stuff. Listen, there's nothing in the heart your treasure is there will your heart be also and when your heart's there your body will follow in verse 17 of Deuteronomy 7 thou shalt say in thine heart these nations are more than I how can I dispossess them notice there that's a repressed heart a repressed heart fear doubt worry Anxiety, stress. How can I do it? How can I dispossess them? They're bigger than us. God says, you can't. I can. I can. Notice in verse 18. Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt remember. Will you say, remember? Amen. Say, thou shalt Remember. In fact, shalt well remember. remember. Thou shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. You have to remember you were redeemed by precious blood. You come out under the blood. You're already His through the blood. See you're his because Christ has died for us and, and those of us who are in Christ we're under the blood. Remember what Christ has done for you. How he delivered you from the clutches of the devil. How he took you from Satan and sin and, and from death and depravity and he's made you alive unto God forever. Amen. Are you alive this morning? Yes. Under God? Yes. Then love him. Love him, brother. Verse 19. That's a remembering heart. A repressed heart, a remembering heart. That's faith. Faith in Christ. And then verse 19. The great temptations which thine eyes saw, and the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand and the stretched out arm whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out. Who brought us out? The Lord. Remember we've done that, I think it was part one or part two. We couldn't do it ourselves. We were totally depraved. That means we couldn't lift a finger for our salvation. He came down... He went all the way to the cross. He shed his blood. He died and he bore away our sin. He went to the grave or to the tomb. He lay and on the third day he arose again victorious. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose. He arose. Hallelujah! Christ arose. Lives. You think he was dead? You think he was dead to see Christians today? How they live their lives? You think he was dead? You think he was still in the tomb? You see the way Christians live in their sin? You see the way Christians live? And, and, and they're defeated? You see the way Christians live? And they've no heart love? They've no passion? They've no faithfulness unto God? He's alive! He's alive after the power of an endless life. And he lives forever with the saints to reign. He's coming again. Hallelujah. I'm going to jump over this puppet in a minute. And those who are watching on a Sunday morning. No, it's now Sunday afternoon. If I have awoken you and you're just sitting drinking your coffee. I apologize. Some Americans get up at 5, 6 o'clock to watch this on a Sunday morning. Verse 19, it says, with the great temptations which thine eyes saw. See, everything looks good, doesn't it? All those things. The things that you put first, the things that you hold dear, the things that's enthroned your heart, the things that's removed Christ and you have given your life over to rather than him, the things that you follow after and run hard after, they all look good to the eyes because it feeds the fleshy mind. The great temptations which I saw, notice in the signs and the wonders and the mighty hand and the stretched out arm whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out. So shall the Lord thy God do unto all the people whom thou art afraid of. Here is, you can write there in verse 19, favor. A repressed heart, verse 17. The remembering heart in verse 18. Verse 19, it's revelation to the heart. That he doesn't change, you change. Your thoughts change, your mind change, your wills and your wants and your desires and all of that we change. I change, he changes not. It says that Christ can never die. His love, not mine, the resting place. His truth, not mine, the tie. And we put him in the box and we uh, we measure Christ up and his great love for us. We measure the love of a father up in, in, in accordance to how our heart feels. Whether we love more one day or not or less another day. We measure him to how our fickle hearts are. When his big heart of love, when he set it upon his children in eternity, is still upon his own. And he hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. He loves you. That's Revelation. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. You know what he's saying? See, see because of you, Jacob's seed, see Jacob's flesh, the old twister flesh. He says, That's who you are. You're an old twister flesh. That's who we are. We're, we can be twisty at times, can't we? If I asked you who's twisty at times, I wonder how many hands would say, I bet you will not see too many hands. Oh, no, not me. You know, I'm no twisty. <laughs> and then I'd say, Well, the Lord says, I shall not die. <laughs> Will all be twisty at times. And the Lord says, I know your flesh and who you are. He says, But I am the Lord and I change not. I am Yahweh. Don't measure him up to your own heart, but rather measure your heart in comparison to who he is. I'm closing. Verse 17 is a repressed heart. Verse 18 is a remembering heart. Verse 19 is revelation revelation to the heart. In verse 17 it's faith. Pardon me, fear. Verse 18 it's faith. And in verse 19 it's favor. Why? Signs and wonders were done unto thee. Here's my closing thought on this. You ready? Let's look at the reading. Verse 20. Moreover the Lord thy God will send the hornet among them until they that are left... And hide themselves from thee, be destroyed. The Lord says, I'm going to sign hornets, and I—I haven't time to go into uh, the meaning of all of this. But nobody's what He's saying. Don't you worry how I do it. How is it going to be done? How is it going to done? How is it going to work? How is good going to come out of this? How am I going to get through? He says, Don't you worry about that. You leave it to me. I'll send them in until they start hiding from you. Your enemies will be dispersed before you. And notice what it says then in the next verse: Thou shalt not be afraid. Thou shalt not be afraid. Thy God will put out those nations. Pardon me. Thou shalt not be afraid. Verse 21. Up them, for the Lord thy God is among you. A mighty God and terrible. God's with you. He's among us. Verse 22. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee by little and little. Would you say by little and little? You know what the Lord says? See if I just wipe them all out at one go. You'll march into the victory land. you know what will happen? You'll not be ready and prepared for what I have ahead of you. And the enemy will come against you. Start to fill up the land before you take it over. There will be another battle for you. He says, I remove them, And he brings you a step at a time. He walks you a day at a time. Don't worry about tomorrow. You're in today. You're here. You're alive. You're doing all right. You'll go home and have a nice dinner, whatever you're going to have. If it's beans and toast, God bless you. should be nobody in here that will go hungry this afternoon. And if you do, then you need to see it. Because we'll help you with that. We wouldn't have you go hungry. But we'll have, God willing, a roof over our heads. He says, you're alive. Your heart's beating. Your lungs are breathing. He says, you trust me for today, not for tomorrow. But when tomorrow comes, trust me tonight then. Trust me the next day. Trust me the next day. He says, but put me first. And let me be God of your life. I will remove them bit by bit, He saying. Line upon line, says, line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Isn't that what the Lord says? And he says, and that's how he moves our enemies out of the way. He says, if I just wipe them all out, you'll walk in. You'll not know the glory of it, brother. You'll not know the glory of it, sister, because if you're always on the mountaintop, if you and I were always living on the mountaintop where the air is fresh and things are clean and, and the flowers are fragrant and the breeze is beautiful and all seems well, then you and I will get so used to it, we take him for granted on his blessing. You've taken him for granted on his blessing. That's what I'm feeling this morning. You have taken him for granted of his blessing. says if I leave you there and don't bring you down the mountain to the valley you'll never understand the blessing on the mountain if I bring you straight into victory you'll never understand it because you have to walk in faith day by day brothers and sisters I've done it we've all done it let's not take him for granted let's not take him for granted for the Lord that can give to you can take away from you God bless you this morning. For Jesus' name's sake, amen. I think before Christmas we'll get one more morning and of this stuff is just reaming coming out of me, of the scriptures at me at the minute. And we'll get one more. It's eighteenth next week, isn't it? Is it what is it? Fifteenth. We'll do one more then before Christmas. Name we'll of a week before Christmas after that. And we'll see what God gives us for the week after. The Lord bless us this morning. Tim to come up, please. Time's flowing.